RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Hello, everybody. My name is Scott Weimer. I'm the Associate Interim Associate for Congress. Let me start over again. We're live. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Did you forget who you are? This is my. It happened before. <laughs> this is Scott Weimer at Roswell Presbyterian Church. I'm here for part of Closing the Distance, a conversation with our senior pastor, Reverend Jeff Myers. And we're going to discuss his sermon from yesterday, Mother's Day on May 14th. But before that, let me say who I am. I'm Scott Weimer. I'm the interim associate part-time for congregational care, which means I'm six out of six of the pastoral staff here. I'm happy to come off the bench whenever you need me, Jeff. And it's my pleasure to be a part of Closing the Distance today. So, Jeff, there was a, I think everyone that I've talked to and and when we discussed in staff today about the spirit yesterday in our four worship services, I would call it an ebullient uh, spirit among us, this spirit of joy. And and there was a, a, a good congregational attendance yesterday for Mother's Day. And and there was just a sense of positive energy all around. And and we thank God for that, because that's not the case everywhere we go in, in church life. And it's certainly what we're experiencing here at Roswell Presbyterian. We don't take it for granted. I wanted to ask you, Jeff, you you had mentioned to us that in staff today that you'd been away last week at a conference and there were pastors from around the country. And one of the take homes for you was what you shared with us, that in spite of the challenges that we face here at Roswell Presbyterian, we have a sense of uh, of the dynamic work of God's spirit among us. It's not necessarily common in many churches across America right now. Could you say a word about that and how that in, encouraged you and enlivened you about our life together at Roswell Presbyterian? Yeah, Scott, I, it was it was a really good time. About thirty pastors in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you know, it was interesting to hear how a lot of folks um, have really kind of endured through the pandemic and then tried to come out of it. And I think at Ro- Roswell Presbyterian Church, we we're really blessed. We had a lot of resources to begin with that really sustained us through the pandemic. And actually, you know, we grew in some ways that were unexpected. Um, our online ministry, we really moved into that. And um, we made some key strategic decisions that, for instance, we were not going to do a live stream worship service um, that we we edited it down. So it was really highly professional. Um, we made a, a real concerted effort. We had all our elders call the entire congregation every quarter to try to make sure people are feeling connected. We started doing these closing the distance interviews and conversations to try to 
uh, connect folks in the midst of being uh, separated. And so I think through that energy, it brought us back into RPC. I think people really appreciate this church, this legacy and the vibrancy that we're a part of. And I think the staff is fantastic. And we really, um, you know, as they say, we major in the majors. And I think that's really true, trying to find our unity in Jesus Christ amidst all the chaos of our culture. And so by having that strong foundation and being really clear what, about what brings us together, it keeps us strong and the energy is really present with the spirit among us. Yeah, thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, you've been preaching a sermon series on the hidden God. Mm -hmm. And can you say a word about the sermon series itself? And then we'll focus on your sermon yesterday, which was uh, a wonderful sermon on on Ruth from the Old Testament, but just say a word about what you mean by the hidden God. So I, my jumping off place has been uh, Pascal's um, line where he says, you know, the universe does not display um, the, uh, the, you can't see God in it, but what it does display is a hidden God. Everything bears this stamp. And so I think Pascal, you know, being a scientist is thinking, what holds it all together? You know, we know from the second law of thermodynamics or um, entropy that everything should just fly apart. Uh, what's holding it all together? What what gives being and existence its foundation? Um, you know, one, one, not my favorite theologian, Paul Tillich, but um, he once defined God as the ground of being. And that was helpful for me to get at what um, Pascal was getting at. So I take it for granted that, that existence and creation is here and by having the eyes to see it, the eyes of faith, that God is sustaining, providing, and holding all things together. And in the words of Apostle Paul, in Christ, um, which is just a grand mystery that I'm still every day trying to wrap my mind around. But I think it's a really beautiful one. And it really orients my own approach to the world and how I treat the world and people and all this, but also how I see my place in it. So in these sermons, essentially, you're looking at, you're taking us as a congregation uh, with the eyes of faith to look at passages of scripture where God may not be as obvious in that passage or in the story. Right. But then when we look at it in the eyes of faith, we can see that God's at work from beginning to end. Is that the basic idea? Yes, yes. And I think we take it for granted that the Bible... Well, you know, if you ask people, people would say it's a religious book. God's all always in it and that the characters always sense, see, um, hear God. And what I want to highlight in this series is that's not always the case. And don't take for granted that there are uh, these these stories. Yesterday, we looked at Ruth, that there's these stories where God is in the background. And these people are having to step out in courage and in faith that God will um, that God will work. And so I think that that's, I really wanted to lift those examples up so that people could find uh, sustenance and see that they're not alone um, when they have doubts, when they feel like God is not there, uh, when they're skeptical about what God is up to in the world, um, that we can take uh, comfort that we are not alone. Uh, um, and some of the high, the most famous characters in the Bible went through deep times of darkness. Um, you know, it was it was desiccated. It was, you know, it was not flourishing. The spirit was not moving. They couldn't see the spirit moving. And so I think that's really helpful. Yes. Uh, th thanks for that. I wanted to ask you too, before we dig into the sermon, we're going to get there. I promise. Uh, 
somebody that we both know that we admire so much, who's been a real tra trailblazer for women in the Presbyterian Church USA, Joanna Adams. She once oh, wrote yeah. a book about, about why it's important to pay attention to, to secular holidays in the life of the church, a day like Mother's Day or Father's Day, for instance. And I know some preachers who say, I'm not going to preach on anything related to Mother's Day or Father's Day because I'm just going to focus on the scripture and that's a secular holiday. And in the small book that Joanna wrote years ago, she said that she, she thinks that's foolish and that it's really important for us to pay attention to some of these holidays because it's what's on people's minds. And so I don't know what into your thinking about the subject or uh, the passage you would choose for Mother's Day, but mm -hmm. you chose a mother and you chose a very important, significant mother, a surprising mother from mm -hmm. the Bible to be a hero. And I'm wondering if that had anything to do with trying to address uh, women's issues on Mother's Day. Well, I, I appreciate you thinking that I had that kind of foresight. Um, it just kind of happened that way. Um, and delightfully so. And I love that kind of, um, when it just kind of works that way and the spirit kind of, you know, has things fall that way. And so um, I hadn't really thought much about it. I'm always thinking about Mother's Day and Father's Day, especially as being really sensitive around yeah. those areas. I'm, I've already gotten a couple emails thanking the staff um, for our sensitivity because, you know, people have, you know, want to be a mom, can't be a mom. People are estranged from their mothers. They had a horrible mother. Uh, you know, there's all these ways that people have really complicated feelings about these holidays. And so while we want to celebrate mothers and mother figures, we also want to be sensitive to the fact that people come from all sorts of directions. And, you know, I think it's, I love the story of Ruth and Naomi because, you know, Naomi's got a pretty complicated uh, probably feelings about being a mother. You know, she has her two sons die, her husband's dead, and she's had to wrestle with grief and probably despair. And then this, uh, you know, uh, stranger, kind of her daughter-in-law, Ruth, insists she's going to go with her uh, back to Judah. And I just find that really fascinating. And the complexity of that story helps us honor the complexity of the human experience of our own experience when it comes to mothers and mothering and motherhood. Well, I love that answer, and uh, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot about the, what you chose for Mother's Day, but I give you a sense of brilliance and genius about how you did it, uh, and from the providence of God gave you this this subject that was so timely and is so timely for us. You know, one time, Jeff, uh, uh, a young woman in the congregation I previously served, young African-American woman, told me that uh, rarely is an African-American woman ever seen as a hero of a story. Oh, and, wow. and there was an illustration that I had used about a child. It was an African-American child who had given this very inspirational talk during the March on Washington. And, and so this member of our church said, and never do we lift up uh, an African-American girl as a hero or a child, a boy or a girl. And so she was saying that was so important. And I think we sometimes we don't always lift up women or children as heroes of the story. You do, and I commend you for that. But Ruth was such an important person because so she was the 
the mother of Obed. And Obed was the, he was the father of Jesse and Jesse was the father of David. So Ruth, who's the hero. And what I loved about your sermon yesterday, Jeff, is, you know, and for some of us who've spent our lives in the scripture, there's always something new to see. Mm-hmm. And you brought out so beautifully how Ruth really, as a, uh, a woman who, uh, who was from Moab, and the Moabites were always the enemy of Israel in the Old Testament. And here's Ruth, who is from Moab, and God cho- chooses her to be the, what is that, the great-grandmother or something of David? I mean, yep. she's, it's just a remarkable story. And so, and I thought you did just a beautiful job of, it's a complicated story, but you got right into the meat of it and without getting too bogged down in all the complications. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was, I didn't want to, <laughs> it's a pretty detailed story, especially when they get back to Joe, Judah and it's kind of hard to explain the Leverite marriage and all this, but I, I didn't realize the significance of Ruth being a Moabite until I started doing my research and did not realize like the discrimination, kind of almost the racism that Israelites would have felt towards Moabites. And when you understand that aspect, all of a sudden it really opens up and that the Ruth is included in the sacred scriptures of the Old Testament of the Hebrew people as a reminder that this, the promise is not just for us. The promise is through us for all creation from God and God's beloved creation. And we see that promise come to fulfillment, I think, in Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But you might think a lot of people go, oh, you know, there, there's a different God of the Old Testament than the New Testament. Well, if you read closely, no, there there are indicators that God's, God's covenant is not just with Israel and the Old Testament people, but with creation. And God's got, and the Israelite people are called to be blessed so that they may bless the world um, and not just keep it to themselves. And I think Ruth is just this great story uh, that once we understand that she's a Moabite from Moab, um, that we understand that important aspect. And it's really surprising. And I I find it shocking. And you did such a, in a way, because we, sometimes we domesticate a story or we, we, we don't really see it as the powerful, like, game-changing story that it is and that's what the story of Ruth is is game-changing I mean just she changes the she's she's in the genealogy of Jesus so she changes everything and and she's she's an outsider as you say and in these days when we're trying to figure out who's in who's out who belongs here and who doesn't uh and in the church uh we're we should be surprised too by the people that God brings to us and surprises us that that person that we never would have imagined is the one who's bringing to us the the very love of God in Christ in a way that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, it's I love it, and I I, I love that fact that you know she's in Jesus genealogy. She's the great grandmother of David. I mean, that's just fantastic. And um, I think it's really important for us to remember as Christians. That just because we we understand the truth, we believe we believe in the truth, who is Jesus Christ, we don't encapsulate all the truth. The truth is bigger than we can wrap the human mind around. And to have a sense of humility and modesty about our own opinions, our own um, who's in, who's out, like you were saying, is really important. I think Ruth, the book of Ruth points to that fact. 
Well, Jeff, I want to uh, I want to commend you and I want to affirm you for the the way you you proclaim the message of Jesus Christ in this church, and you do it in a way that's I, I believe in the spirit of Jesus, which is it's winsome, it's it's welcoming, it's it's also challenging, and it's uh, but there's a sense in which you're you're in your heart you're saying everyone belong everyone who's here belongs here uh, on this day god has brought you here and, and we we're here for you and the message is for you this is the, not our message the message of god and so it's one of the reasons i believe that when you go to a conference like you went to and you and you hear that comparatively speaking roswell is alive and vibrant and becoming all the more so a lot of that is because of the focus of the preaching. And you set the example for us, but all the other preachers on your staff do the same thing. And it's it, it's it's not typical to have the kind of giftedness in the in the preaching rotation that you have, but it starts with you. And I just want to say thank well, you so much for the your messages. Well, I've, I've had good mentors, Scott. So let's <laughs> I can take very I, little credit. I don't know about that. I don't know. But, but, we do we do have a great staff, and I think um, you know, my predecessor, your friend Lane Alderman, was just such a a beloved leader and legend um in the area and and just really visionary. So we're you know, we all we all are riding, uh, standing on somebody else's shoulders. And I think, and I, I hope that we can be the kind of place that we, we bring in, you know, when it comes time, the next generation to stand on our shoulders and they carry um, the message forward. And I hope that we are very clear about the message, that the message is about the good news of Jesus Christ for the world, not just for ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Lane Alderman and uh, yesterday I saw uh Elliot Alderman and her daughter, their, Lane and her daughter, Ashley, they were together on Mother's Day. And it's so wonderful that Ellie is uh, so affirming of your ministry and positively uh, uh, receiving your ministry here at Roswell, where her husband served for so many years. And, uh, and for her to affirm you and just to see that spirit is, is a testimony to how, in the end, it's not about us. Right. It's about what God's doing through us, and and but that magnanimity of spirit uh, here in this place is just it, it's so positive and life giving. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, and thanks. Were, for and they've been just so supportive, and you know that was one of the first calls I made when I got here was Ellie and I got together and I periodically check in with Ashley because you know I I've I feel like kind of a custodian of the the legacy of someone that meant so much to them so much meant so much to rpc and so uh, it's it's important I, I want them to see i'm cheering uh i'm trying to carry that on and build upon uh lane's legacy and just like lane did for cy mallard who became before sure, sure, sure. Uh, lane and who i had the opportunity to uh, officiate his memorial service a number of years ago I still know his wife Anne, who's a big supporter of rpc so it's just like those kinds of relationships scott i think help just, it creates a culture of mutual support and we're gotcha. cheering each other on and not of competitiveness uh, um, unless it's healthy competitiveness. <laughs> That's right. I got that. You're right. So I'm going to switch gears a little. Yep. And, <clears throat> and I'm going to jump to a subject we talked about a little bit in staff today. And everybody's wanting to know about it. And is that, are you getting your sermons from AIGBT chatbot? And so... <laughs> We had a discussion about it, and you said you 
one of your colleagues at this conference had uh, had a sermon, preached a sermon that had been written by AI chatbot GBT, and 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 the response to it was, well, it didn't have that much life to it. And I'll tell you one thing: if you ask uh, for the chatbot to artificial intelligence to write the sermon that you preached yesterday, you might have got a little bit of the outline and. Uh, but it's the it's the soul that you put into the sermon. Like I was taking notes on your sermon. I always take a lot of notes. But when you got into all the musical references and we were talking about Marvin Gaye and Tom Petty and all these Johnny Cash and these songs that were just uh, they bring they help bring the congregation into the message in a very creative and a fun and an enlightening way. And artificial intelligence cannot do that, Jeff Myers. So. <laughs> Thank heavens. Uh, you, no, it's just wonderful how you breathe that life into it. But so how how did you come to those particular? Well, let me put it like this. You, I was going to ask how you chose those songs to for weaving into this story. But what I what I'm thinking is that those those songs and those those musicians are so much a part of who you are, like they're in you from what you were saying. <clears throat> excuse me you were singing uh, down the road in the middle of the night uh i'm never gonna give up what was it and but it was great yeah so i think so i started i mean honestly i started i i knew well i titled this the inspiration of tom petty like six months maybe a year ago so then i got you know came to time to write the sermon i was like what was i thinking a year ago when i said that <laughs> You know, I was just like, and I knew there was, I, I've always had this story that I, I don't think I've ever preached on before in my own life, where I snuck, I helped a guy help me sneak in with my girlfriend at the time down front to a Tom Petty show. And we had this like complicated, you know, kind of exchange of tickets when they still had hard copy tickets to get lower um, past the security guards. And, and I always, and I remember thinking I, it, I took credit for that. But really, it was I didn't do anything. I was the recipient of somebody else's tickets who helped get me in. And just the irony of oftentimes we always we think we're the heroes of our own story. But yeah. if we really look in the mirror, it's like, oh, no, so many people have helped us get to where we're at. Um, you know, this is so much of it is just grace that we are where we're at. And so then I kind of I knew actually I thought I was going to start the sermon with that uh, with that story. And then I. And I thought, honestly, I, I really didn't know what I was, I got really worried last week about what I was going to do. So I, then I flipped it. I said, what if I conclude with that? And how would I, how would it faithfully tell the story of Ruth and Naomi and them going back to Judah, to Naomi's homeland and Naomi being redeemed? How do we tell that story um, to get in a way that that would fit? And so then I thought, then I came up with the soundtrack idea, which is I love music. And so I thought, you know, Tom Petty's got enough music out there. We can find some some appropriate songs that go uh, for Ruth and for Naomi. And I think people, I think everybody kind of does that. Like we have a song that we associate with various people in our lives. And when it comes on the radio, we go, oh, I wonder, you know, I, oh, Lady in Red comes on. I wonder what happened to, you know, Brooke Olsendam, you know, you know, who I went to, you know, some dance with in high school, and we danced to that, or, um, you know, uh, Welcome to Atlanta with, you know, by Jermaine Dupri. I remember the first time I came to Atlanta, that song came on, 
you know, and I was with such and such a person, uh, David Charney, you know, whatever. And so it's just, yeah. it's fun. Oh, you mean the guy in this picture up here, but yeah. Oh, that's right. That is, there he is. There he is. You're all less gray hair at that point. Well, what I loved yes, uh, yesterday, I loved the whole thing. And the, the music of the church is just so powerful. And so the faithful proclamation, powerful proclamation of the word and the music together, it's just uh, such a, it's such a powerful experience. And, uh, and when you, you mentioned Tillich at the beginning, and I would agree with you, not my favorite theologian, but uh, really on to something when he talks about the ground of our being. And what I'm sensing is that people are finding the ground of their being here at Roswell Presbyterian. They're finding it uh, in, in, because God shows up and, and people's lives are, are changing for the good. And uh, they're finding, people are finding this sense of community that's so lacking in the world around us and they're finding it here. And, and so uh, the ground of our being is not a bad thought at all. It's such yeah. a powerful thought. And you ended with Free Fallen, that song. Yep. Free, free Fallen into the Arms of God. And that's such a tremendous way to end that message. Now, I'm taking that away. Like, I, I, and you said, you started the sermon by saying, I want to be like Ruth. And you want to be like Ruth. You're identifying with a female from the Old Testament who was an, formerly an enemy. And we want to be like her. And that's the hidden God, right? Yeah. And we Absolutely. Wanna, and we want to give ourselves to that God. And we want to, I just love that free fall. Mm -hmm. And we trust in God. And it's not, in the end, it's not about us. It's about free falling into the arms of God. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks, Jeff. And thanks, Scott. Uh, what, what a great day. So next week, what are you thinking? Where are we going? Well, and we have one, one service at 10 a.m. in the sanctuary. We're going to install and ordain our elders, our incoming class of elders. And then we're going to look in the, the message is going to be on the book of Esther, the book of Esther. And a lot of people don't know this is the only book or one of the only books in the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God. So we're going to get so that is that's a hidden God, you know, that's a hidden God, but it's in there. And so what do we have? What does Esther have to teach us about a God who is silent, a God who is hidden? Um, and so I think it'll be good, especially on a day like uh, a day that's so exciting when we get to welcome the, our new group of leaders into the church. Leadership. Well, I'm looking forward to your, to your message and the worship service. One service only. We usually have four. We're going to have one at 10 a.m. That's right. In followed, the sanctuary. followed by, is there something after the service? Oh, yeah. And then we're going to have a lunch uh, outside of... Uh, the church on Mimosa Street will have hot dogs, hamburgers. Everybody's welcome. We ask people to sign up online so we know we have enough food. Um, we'll have a bluegrass band. It's just a good time for the church to come together as we kind of head into summer. It's going to be fantastic. And I, I hope everyone that's listening will be there, if at all possible, be there and bring some friends to be with you at 10 o'clock on this Sunday, May 21st. And you don't want to miss it. That's uh, right. May I close this with a brief prayer, Jeff? Go ahead, Scott. Uh, God, we thank you for everybody who's joined this conversation today and is listening in. And we just pray that you would help us all to find our sense of ground of being in you. We pray a special anointing upon Jeff as he continues in this preaching series and brings it home on this, uh, this Sunday. And, and we just pray that uh, 
that we would all just be encouraged when, when we're together by the goodness of you and what you're doing in this place and in our lives through Christ our Lord. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Scott. See you soon. See you soon. Take care.